um, actually the Bitcoiner say, uh, says um, the, the Bitcoin is also uh, fungible. Now it's so this um, this ordinance um, um, considers each Satoshi as a unique piece, yeah. right? And, um, and uh, uh, of a numestic value. So um, there are uh, different Satoshis. There is a usual Satoshi. This is a, a Satoshi um, not on the first. Uh, it's not the first Satoshi of each block. Then there are common uh, uncommon Satoshis. This is the first Satoshi of each block. Then we have rare Satoshis, the first Satoshi of each difficulty adjustment period. Then epic Satoshis, this is uh, every first Satoshi of each halving period. Then we have legendary Satoshis, this is uh, every first Satoshi of each cycle. So a cycle is um, right. when the difficulty adjustment and the halving come together. And we have the one and only mythical Satoshi, this is the very first Satoshi of the Genesis but it's fungible, no. but they're all the same. Even though people are <laughs> exactly. naming them different things based on their essence. This week on Monero Talk is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. And by Stealth EX, an instant exchange where privacy is the top concern. Go to StealthEX.io to instantly exchange between Monero and 450 plus assets without having to create an account or register and with no limits. Making Stealth EX a simple way to purchase Monero with crypto anonymously. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever. By typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Douglas Duman interviews Alexander Schmidt, a software engineer, crypto enthusiast, and Monero community member. They discuss Alexander's journey to Monero, the anti cypherpunk sediment of the BTC community, Bitcoin as digital cash the false narrative of holding digital gold, accepting XMR as a business, using Monero for everyday purchases, the culture of anonymous payments in Switzerland, the future of crypto, and much more. They also have a nice discussion about ordinals and what it means for Bitcoin's fungibility, which carries into the post-interview Q&A on Twitter spaces. Monero Talk starts now. All right, Alex, welcome to Monero Talk. Yeah, welcome, uh, Douglas. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, somebody that's been helping us out getting guests suggested that we have you on. Uh, I think they came across you on Twitter. I guess you've been tweeting some base Monero tweets. <laughs> You're catching yes. the attention of the Monero community. Have you been have you been in Monero for a while? I think I've only kind of recently seen you tweeting about it. Yes, so um, I'm um, pretty new in, in the Monero space, and uh, I was uh, years before uh, in, in Bitcoin and Ethereum space and um, watching all the crypto uh, currency stuff. And uh, yeah, yes, and, um, and at the end of the last year. I started to, to get interested more and more in Monero 
and uh, yeah, for a reason. So uh, I uh, study it and um, learn. Um, I'm still learning about it. And um, yeah, you your best uh, can learn if you want to uh, if you teach other. And so I tweeted some some stuff about Monero, and um, yeah, this. Uh, get some attention <laughs> what what drove you to monero over this you said kind of over the past year what was there some kind of event that took place or was it just uh through studying bitcoin you came across monero how did you kind of arrive at it um actually both so um this was one um article in a german um, blog bitcoin blog from paul janowitz about yeah. monero and the history of, of Monero. And uh, this uh, took me um, into the, the rabbit hole of Monero, I want to say. And um, on the other hand, um, the increasing of uh, Bitcoin and all the development in the last years, so uh, chain analysis and uh, all the tools now you have to um, get more insights in the blockchain. Um, especially for transparent uh, blockchains. Um, this both aspects uh, took me, uh, or brought me to Monero and um, uh, I, I saw very quickly that uh, Monero is actually a very premium uh, developed coin and um, has actually one, uh, one killer feature which uh, uh, Bitcoin doesn't have is the fun fun fungibility. And this is actually uh, the one uh, key thing which uh, um, I was very interested in Monero, how this works and how they achieved the, uh, this, the developer. And um, yeah, this, this brought me to, to Monero. <laughs> what do you, um, what, what's kind of your take on Bitcoin with regards to fungibility? Do you, is it that you think it you know I, I i i get different takes from people in bitcoin so i mean you're you're not you're not a monero maximalist are you are you like where, where's kind of your your are you um no i, I don't I, I don't like this uh, this uh, max thinking uh, anyway in bitcoin or ethereum or uh, monero i think there are developments uh, which has um, the place in the crypto space, but um, yeah, somehow I think this um, yeah the Bitcoin maximalists are are not aware of the non fungibility of of Bitcoin. So every Bitcoin has a history, and this history is somehow the um, yeah um, in German I would say the Achillesferse the the, um, the um, yeah, a single point of venture, I would actually say. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is not the case in Monero. In Ethereum, maybe it, it isn't not much a thing uh, to be transparent and uh, have this history. But uh, for Bitcoin, who uh, wants to be the electronic cash system, it uh, yeah, cannot longer be the, the case. If the fungibility is not given, I just DM Paul and asked him to jump into the spaces if he can. I don't know if he's going to see it. Um, oh. Yeah, because you said Paul Janowitz is the is the blog that you read, right? That kind of really pulled you in. 
the uh, which block? It was Paul, Paul Janowitz. Yeah, Paul Janowitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I was doing some research on you and it led me to his blog. Like I've known, I've seen Paul around in Monero for a very long time. I, I think we've, we've had him. I don't know if we've ever had him on the show. Yeah, I don't think we ever have. I got I to get him on as, as a Monero talk guest as well. Uh, but yes. I was reading, I was reading that blog post. I tra- I did like Google translate because he posted uh, it in German, right? Yeah, he posted in German. So yeah, German and I was, I was reading that that blog, and it was very yeah, it was very good. It was a very good discussion happening on that. What was that that blog? It's it's like the it's the Bitcoin forum, right? In German. Uh, actually, it's a Bitcoin blog uh, dot uh, de, and um, but uh, it's not only a Bitcoin base or so everything which happened in the crypto space. And uh, um, the main author is uh, Christoph Bergmann, and it's also a very um, Deep involved in in everything uh, uh, related to the crypto space, and Paul Janowitz is uh, really uh, deep into Monero since years, I would say. And, yeah, uh, he has very high level or deep level technology uh, understanding about Monero, and um, yeah, just uh, uh, was a very well written um, article, and uh, basically is it was this um, um, the relationship. Um, between both Bitcoin and Monero have uh, something in common. And this is um, uh, to be um, a coin in the in the dark market. So the history of the dark market is in, in both uh, cryptocurrencies uh, given, but uh, in Bitcoin uh, um, a little bit um, um, previous, previous than uh, uh, Monero. Um, but uh, this is uh, somehow which tells me um, if a cryptocurrency is uh, um, used uh, on the black market, then it is really a, a good currency to, uh, to use. It um, um, has the function of, of, of cash. And um, Bitcoin, this was the case in, in the past, but it's not anymore. And uh, Monero uh, took this place here. And um, yeah, this is actually um, my... Uh, my biggest um, feature um, to dive into Monero and uh, to see Monero as a, the actually thing uh, which which I thought I can have uh, with Bitcoin. What, what so do you? I, uh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So um, one thing uh, was uh, one tweet. Uh, one Bitcoin coiner uh, tweeted uh, uh, yesterday. Um, Bitcoin, the, electro- the, the peer-to-peer electronic cash system. So that's uh, the, the title of uh, Satoshi Nakamoto white paper. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought I, I um, um, replied that uh, uh, of the non-function functionality of Bitcoin, it cannot be cash-like. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So it's actually not the case that this uh, uh, Bitcoin is a cash-like system. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, I'm trying to bring up the tweet. There was a, a BTC Maxi that recently said, oh man, this is so good. Let's see if I could find it. I don't want to, uh, this, this is this is bad for, for, uh, for radio right now because I'm just looking without uh, talking here. Um, what was it? I made, I made the t-shirt of it. The, basically the guy, the guy said, uh, uh, oh man, I don't want to mess it up because it's so good. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll find it. I'll find it. So, what do you, what do you do? You think Monero then has a? I mean, Bitcoin has a use case. So, if it's not digital cash, 
what do you yeah. see as being uh, the utility of Bitcoin? What does Bitcoin become? Yeah, I think um, uh, the store of, of value is, is, is one thing Bitcoin maximalists uh, still um, say this is uh, why they want to use uh, Bitcoin. So they see it uh, like gold. Um, even if Satoshi Nakamoto don't want it to amend it digital gold, he wanted to amend it uh, digital cash. But uh, I think this is a use case which can, can be in the future for Bitcoin. So you can hold, or every, every Bitcoin maximalist is a hodler, I would say. And uh, as long as you don't use Bitcoin, as you hold it uh, in, in your wallet and uh, don't use it, then you uh, don't um, have a footprint on this Bitcoin anymore. So you, you stop the history and uh, yeah, then it uh, can, can be act like gold because gold is something you uh, also um, take away and, uh, and, and bring it to the bank or something in the cellar and uh, lock it up and um, don't want to use it. You just want to have it to save um, your wealth, yes. and I think uh, Bitcoin can can do this uh, in, in a way. But um, you don't, think, don't think something like a Monero ultimately just takes on that use case as well, because because of its fungibility and the fact that it's more difficult to confiscate. Like I, I, I begin to wonder why Bitcoin is even the best form of digital gold if it's lacking one of its fundamental properties. And it's just like, oh, we'll just decide it's gold because we all thought it was gold in the first place. And even after we realized it wasn't, we're all going to decide to stay here. I don't, I don't, I'm, that's what bothers me with that thing. Cause it's like, I feel like that as soon as it cracks, everybody will run from it. Right. And then at that point, there's nothing holding it at its base because ultimately it doesn't serve any other utility other than everybody's shared belief in the fact that it's digital gold. Where something like Monero, everybody can, you know, get spooked by crypto. But it, at the end of the day, if they want to turn around and make a private transaction over the internet, it serves the utility of that. So we'll always have that base use case. And so there'll always be that, you know, base layer, uh, base layer of value, right? This kind of, I, I hate to say intrinsic value, but it, it has, it has a utility at, at its core. Where with Bitcoin, I find it hard to figure out what that utility is i i describe it more as like digital property at this point you know like michael saylor likes to yeah. michael saylor likes to like compare it to you know it's like be owning a piece of manhattan real estate you know uh is like owning owning bitcoin okay like a Commodity or like a like a yeah, real estate, okay? It's a piece of limited digital property. It's a it's a collectible, right? Um, yeah, actually, yeah, you can see it like this because, um, yeah, of the lack of the uh, fungibility. If you want to move, and uh, you will move uh, uh, somehow a, a fraction of, of your gold, so to say, then um, yeah, this this uh, utility is somehow gone as you describe it. So. Yeah, uh, Monero can can fit that um, too, I would say. And um, there are interesting things right now are uh, going on on the uh, Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, yeah. I don't know with the, with this um, ordinal. Um, yeah, with the ordinal thing. So there's the the gap in the, in the Taproot protocol, and uh, now you can uh, um, 
take Satoshis into non-functional tokens, so, so to say. So uh, it's bizarre. Yeah, suddenly there's a, a new uh, use case popping up on the Bitcoin blockchain, and it's um, yeah, this is uh, wasn't uh, um, the uh, this shouldn't be hap uh, shouldn't happen, I would say. And some uh, Bitcoin guys, so uh, Luke Dashier or Adam Beck, um, they are very uh, disappointed about that. Are they against uh, it? Do they, do they come out against it, saying it's basically like spam on the network? I don't know what yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't really researched it that well. I mean, I know what it is, but I haven't really researched who's saying what in the Bitcoin world. Because some people yeah, are yeah. for it, right? Some people are like, no, it's okay. It's uh, you know they're just going to compete for the the space, um, right? Yeah, I, I, actually, the, the discussion to bring uh, more on the blockchain um, besides the transaction is. Uh, is uh, for years, I would say, you know, yeah. on, on the Bitcoin space. So they invented the, the, this op return to get uh, 80 bytes uh, additional to the transaction. And um, yeah, but uh, eight, eight, 80 bytes, this is nothing. Yeah? You can cannot store a, a, a picture or only a, a very pixel picture uh, with 80 bytes. And now you have um, uh, the possibility to, to get the whole block size uh, to uh, Bring in a picture, uh, right? Size, take, like the, yeah. take up the entire block size with yeah, right? I so it's 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 theoretically limited to the block size. So right. you cannot have more than uh, exactly. uh, five five uh, four megabytes or something. But um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit uh, kind of yeah. I would say funny. Uh, yeah, my, my understanding they, is though it's in the because I, I somebody responded to one of my that it's in the segregated witness part of the. The, essentially the transaction so it can be you know pruned essentially but still it's competing for the block space right so yeah i guess yes, you can exactly. prune it so it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to lead to a run-up in you know space required to run nodes i mean obviously inevitably you will but maybe not as as fast as feared because it can be pruned but that being said it's competing for the block space against transactions so transactions are it's going to become super expensive again on bitcoin like inevitably and it's going to stay high right like isn't that yeah yeah, yeah. That, so, so actually the miners i would say it's um, a good time for the miners because they have um, um blocks uh, every block is full now with transactions right. so i don't, I don't and, think uh, it doesn't continue in this path right i mean how is this yes, sure yeah i i took a look at the meme pool uh, right before our talk and um, yeah, it's a um, thousand of uh, transactions or 10,000 of transactions are waiting now. And um, it's much, uh, a little bit more than, than usual. And um, yeah, we'll see how they uh, handled this. Yes. So uh, the first um, uh, tweets I, I saw is, um, yeah, um, miners should be able to uh, censor uh, ship this kind of uh, mess, uh, Adam Beck says, or uh, Luke Deschier uh, uh, asked crazy that, that he said that. I mean, that is like, that doesn't sound very Satoshi-like. <laughs> yes, actually, yes, because um, if you can put something on the blockchain and um, yeah, you, 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 you cannot censor this in the past, you shouldn't be able to censorship that. 
Right. Now, and, just, um, Toshi had said, I think, that he didn't want Bitcoin to be used for things other than right money. I think he, he kind of did say that, right? There should be separate chains. But, I mean, here is it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just the free market, people competing for space yeah. in, an, in what's supposed to be a permissionless technology. Yeah. So, yeah, but, uh... I find like a lot of Bitcoiners are, are, are complaining about how the world is interacting with their protocol rather than building the <laughs> protocol in such a way where you get the desired result and how the world should interact with it. And it's, you know, it's like with the fungibility too. Like you ask some Bitcoiner, you know, a lot of Bitcoiners say it is fungible because technically one Satoshi is the same as another. If you ignore the fact that people interact with the blockchain and, uh, you know, basically view transactions differently based on their histories. And so it's like they're re- ignoring reality. They're ignoring, they, they're, you know, and this is like a, another yeah. where they're ignoring the economic reality that, you know, people are going to compete for the block space. And if you want the tool to be permissionless, yeah. how you... Yeah, that's, but um, uh, um, the thing with the f- fungibility is now um, also popping up um, on, on, from the other direction. So... Um, Actually, the Bitcoiner say, uh, says um, the, the Bitcoin is also uh, fungible, yeah? so like like you describe it. Yeah. And um, now it's, it's so this um, this ordinance um, um, considers each satoshi as a unique piece, yeah? right? And, um, and uh, of a numestic value. So um, there are uh, different satoshis. There is a usual satoshi. This is a, a satoshi. Um, not on the first, uh, it's not the first Satoshi of each block. Then there are common, uh, uncommon Satoshis. This is the first Satoshi of each block. Then we have rare Satoshis, the first Satoshi of each difficulty adjustment period. Then epic Satoshis. This is uh, every first Satoshi of each halving period. Then we have legendary Satoshis. This is uh, every first Satoshi of each cycle. So a cycle is um, right. when the difficulty adjustment and the halving come together. And we have the one and only mythical Satoshi. This is the very first Satoshi of the Genesis book. But it's fungible. Now- but they're all the same. Even though people <laughs> are exactly. naming them different things based on their essence. Right? Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how, how would you begin to do such a thing with Monero at, at its smallest unit? Start to just categorize them differently. It's not, yeah, it's not, possible. It's not possible. No, it's not. It's not possible. And um, so it's uh, uh, on the technology level not possible. And yeah. in Bitcoin, it is possible because it's transparent and it's still fun. Even in that that blog write up that that introduced. Uh, ordinals, I think in the post they said, but don't like, but Bitcoin is fun. Even though Bitcoin is fungible, it was like, did you, did you read that that paragraph? It, like the way they worded it, they're like, even though Bitcoin is fungible, we're basically assigning, uh, you know, a, defining each Satoshi as being different. So yeah, but this, this, I just um, it's very hard to follow that that logic. Yeah. <laughs> the, where's the logic behind that? So it's a, it's there is no logic. Yes, uh, either it is fungible or it's not fungible. There, there's only one or another. You cannot have right. 
both together. And this is somehow, um, yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I have to learn uh, on for, for for me on the hard way or not on the hard way on the on the difficult way um, to to say it. Uh, um, uh, Bitcoin. I, I have to say, I'm in Bitcoin since uh, 2011. Yes. Oh wow! And I, I make all the right with uh, Mountain Gox and uh, um, um, the the, the um, Bitcoin hard fork wars, so mm -hmm. to say. And uh, for me, Bitcoin was uh, this um, electronic cash system Satoshi said. But um, now it's changing, and. Um, yeah, you, you have to admit that um, it is not fungible. Yeah? You have to, to say it to yourself. You have to change your mind, actually. Yeah? So, to say, if you are years in, in the Bitcoin space, uh, to say, um, yo, uh, the, it isn't the thing uh, I, I uh, wanted to be. So, um, or to, to say uh, with Nietzsche's word, uh, the one who cannot change his mind cannot change anything. Yeah? So <laughs> you have to change your mind in, in the way you look to uh, right. uh, to Bitcoin. And um, then when you um, discover Monero or some, some other privacy um, uh, coins, you see the world in, in different ways. And uh, it's very amazing to see uh, backwards. Now I'm new in the Monero space to see how uh, Monero developed on in, in the years, yeah. So they uh, to to reach the fungibility, you have you have uh, you have three main technologies. You have the ring signatures, the stealth address, and the ring city. And um, this is all about uh, to get to reach the fungibility. And this is so deeply that you cannot have something like this uh, this uh, ordinals or. Uh, uh, other things, uh, trade, um, trade um, chain analysis on, on the blockchain or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's... I do think maybe Bitcoin, yeah, ultimately, it, it's, just, it's just like it's the first NFT and it's the ultimate NFT because it has like the best titling system of all other NFT systems, right? Where you can attach an identity to the owner of the nft and it, it, it's secured in, in a very strong way like completely traceable so maybe Absolutely. the world assigns value to it but it'd be like knowing all right that this guy has that much of this thing it'd be like that's why i do think it becomes more akin to like property right it's like but yeah that's more a property that's um, uh, like a certificate that's you right you um, get something valuable, but uh, it's, it's like public, uh, public property that, that you identity. own. Right, public property that you own that the whole world knows you own. Yes, um, exactly. And that but you know, if, if the government wants to tax you on it, they can. Right, that too, because you're on this list. They know how much you have at all times, and they uh, can request that you have to pay your share for whatever reason. Right, like. Isn't that a potential future scenario? I feel like Bitcoiners overlook that quite quite a bit too, right? Like so, this ability to so easily uh, determine how much somebody has, and because of that, you can, you know, as a state, confiscate some of it if you want. Yes, sure. I think um, this is uh, um, uh, 
actually a horror scenario for all uh, Bitcoiners who came from the uh, libertarian space, I would uh, want to say. Yeah. But um, yeah, it um, turns out that uh, Bitcoin yeah, is traceable and um, can use in, in the name of uh, the state or the, the government uh, actually tax uh, Bitcoins, yes, like you say. And um, yeah, this is, uh, shouldn't, shouldn't be uh, the case and uh, cannot be uh, for uh, by Monero. And uh, uh, therefore, I think, um, yeah, Bitcoin will take this place, but not the place I, uh, or not, um, yeah, the property I want to use. And um, Monero is there, uh, uh, more, has more weapons, more uh, deep technology to prevent that uh, in the first place. Yeah, it's I, I obviously I think a lot of Bitcoin or I think like you you know you know you have to come to that realization right like uh, yeah it's yes. an ego it's an ego thing for a lot of for right because people yes. are very invested in it and don't get me wrong I can feel but I went through that process I went from being a BTC maxi to so I went through that process I know I mean I'm, right. I was. I remember the moment when I like had to tell myself like <laughs> you're, okay. you're leaving this and you're choosing this yes. and yes. you know, and I was uh, very passionate about Bitcoin. And for me, I, yes. the way I, I negotiated the choice was, well, why am I in this? Right. I got back to the root. Like, why do I, why did I, what really excites me about this? Why is Bitcoin excite me so much? Is it because I'm going to be a billionaire? Is it, you know, like, like, no, it's the, it's the liberty. It's the liberty yes. and excitement exactly. that I could have this thing that functions as cash. Nobody knows I have it. I could use it at will. The state can't, uh, you know, take it away from me without my permission they have to come ask it gives me gives me that power to to own something and use it freely in digital form and so i was like you know what monero does that better so if i do that and even if it's you know even at the end of the day i end up with less money in fiat what do i care it still does it better so it's going to it's going to go up in value inevitably maybe for some some reason something happens where bitcoin still maintains its value despite this flaw. I was like I'd still rather have, you know, like would I rather have a million dollars worth of perfectly traceable bitcoin or $500,000 of untraceable digital cash, right? That was kind of like the way I I made the consciously made the decision. But it was like an ego thing. But you know, I try to maintain healthy skepticism still, but you know, it, it's hard. I mean, I, obviously, it's very difficult to not get caught up, right? It's part of the nature of, of being part of these protocols. It's the yeah, network effect pulling you in, you know? Do you love coffee and Monero as much as we do? Consider making gratuitous.org your daily cup. Pay with Monero for premium fresh beans and if you like what you taste, send a digital cash tip directly to the Guatemalan farmers that made it possible. Proceeds help us grow this channel, Gratuitous, and Monero. Yeah, sure. You have to be uh, open-minded. Um, you, you, you have to stay open-minded to 
good decision is. And um, yeah, the, I came to um, to Bitcoin in the very first uh, stage, and uh, I saw the potential to liberate the people from the state, as as you mm -hmm. uh, saw it. And uh, this is not uh, anymore the case. And uh, but Monero can do that. And um, but it also turns out and. All the, the, the Bitcoin uh, hodlers, um, I, I I didn't understand either the all the Bitcoin hodlers. So they they have something they want to save. Okay, that's that's you can do that, but um, um, that this is not uh, not a good thing for for the coin. Yes. The, the coin or any cash uh, lives from from the use. Case yes, and uh, you, you have to use it. You have to buy it and and to earn it and uh, to give it away and whatever. But uh, if you only save it, and uh, what's what's um, the, um, the the logic behind that? So you want to be a billionaire somehow or a millionaire in in the future. Yeah? I think um, that is um, a good. A good thing not to crash to uh, under uh, ten thousand dollars. So the hotlers mainly uh, maybe the, the the reason why uh, Bitcoin uh, only pops uh, only uh, went down to uh, sixteen hundred uh, uh, to sixteen thousand dollars, and um, that could be the uh, case. But uh, this is not uh, not how I want to use money. And this is not uh, how I define money. And uh, you have this, um, yeah, the, uh, you, you have this medium of exchange. This is uh, inherent uh, function of money. And if you don't, ha you don't have this in Bitcoin anymore, then it's, it's not money. It's not cash. It's, uh, yeah. like a property. Right, like a property. I mean, yeah. and like like Bitcoiners would say, you know, yeah, never spend if anything. Take a loan out against it. And use use the fiat to 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 live off of, you know, and keep keep yes. your keep your piece of digital art, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think um, actually, it's uh, when when you have a coin which is deflationary, yes, then you live like uh, every Bitcoin hodler lives today. Yeah? So you only give away what you what you have to do. Yeah? So the um, for your house, for your flat, or for your car, but uh, nothing more. Huh? Mm -hmm. And uh, in a way, they live this deflationary thing today. But um, yeah, I think I I I don't I cannot say when this turns into uh, turned into a, a religion-like uh, behavior. So they they. Um, uh, the Bitcoin maximalists say they. Um, Pushing each other to be like uh, the, the safer, the safe heaven, heaven for, for Bitcoin, to hodl the things and uh, to say this is uh, the only one uh, um, cryptocurrency uh, as everything else is shitcoin. So um, this is this is a turning point where where I, I say okay, this um, open-minded thing is closed now as yes? and. Uh, uh, you have to be aware of um, of misleading development 
even outside the world. And so if you have a good coin, good attention, and uh, Bitcoin works, worked uh, on the black market uh, for, for years, but uh, now with this tracing tool and uh, the awareness of um, all the things, uh, it cannot have this function anymore. And um, this is something you have to realize. You have to recognize that this is... Um, yeah, now happen uh, to Bitcoin and... Um, I, just, I just want to show you that. So what I was talking about before, I don't know if you could see this. I don't know if you can see it. Ah, it runs a dark, dark web. Yes, exactly. Monero, it runs a dark web, <laughs> I, but I just use it to buy groceries. So that, that was from BTC Maxi's tweet in an effort to belittle Monero, Monero. And he did like Monero colon. It runs a dark web, but I just use it to buy groceries. Saying like that—that's the silly nature of of Monero person. Um, without realizing, he just defined what's so great about Monero, right? So yeah. he—you he, know—trying to say, uh, you know, to diminish the the dark web aspect of it, right? So, like a lot of people, the Bitcoiners will say, "Well, that's just you know, that's that's a niche use case." And so, you know, there's, there's really no value there. Sure, you know. Uh, sure, that, sure you, the, use Monero if you want to support dark markets because that's all it's good for. And that's a very niche thing and doesn't really serve a positive purpose in society is basically what, what, what they're saying there. Yeah, but uh, this is uh, actually what uh, they ha had to say uh, in the early times of Bitcoin as well. And... Um, yeah, uh, but uh, what uh, what when money is uh, used in the black market, then it has all the function money ha should have, yes. and uh, this is the, the first use case I would, uh, want to say. And if it is a safe money, it's also safe for the the people who no have nothing to hide. Yes, so I. Uh, uh, Listen to Dr. Daniel uh, Kim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And he uh, brought uh, very good uh, thoughts up uh, with um, if you have, uh, you have nothing to fear, if you have nothing to hide. But there is also the, the logic is uh, actually uh, the opposite. <laughs> so if, if I have nothing to hide, I want to have money which uh, um, offer, uh, which, um, um, yeah, I would say. Um, which is like uh, this purpose I want to have. Yes. So um, um, when I want uh, to, to sell my motor bicycle, for example, yes, and uh, I don't want uh, uh, to, to get uh, to, um, to um, uh, get uh, bitcoins for the, for my motor bicycle because this has a history. Yes, and uh, this history can can be bad. I want to have something which is not. Um, tainted in this way, yes. And um, uh, Monero does this uh, job very well, and so I would sell my stuff only uh, for Monero. So, right. uh, uh, and uh, lucky, luckily en enough, I set, set it up a BTC uh, pay server. I don't know why it's called BTC, but uh, this was uh, the main purpose uh, with Monero uh, mm -hmm. blockchain. Uh, uh, and now I can accept it. Uh, uh, payments in Monero. Yes. And, oh, right. and this this feeds really good. You you can you can you can now um, write a bill 
and accept Monero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use I use the Monero gateway for our you know MoneroTopia.com where we sell tickets and gratuitous where we sell like coffee and stuff. Um, I use okay. the gateway, but I, yeah, BTC. I'm 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 looking to when I have the time, uh, maybe move over to that. I hear that's a more uh, ideal. It takes takes um, uh, good. It's a um, uh, it takes days to synchronize the blockchain. Mm-hmm. It depends on the VPS you you are using, but it's. It's worse, and um, for for um, writing bills, it's perfect. And uh, yeah. now I can accept uh, Monero. But um, for the instant payment, I th- I think there is still a lack in Monero. So um, when you buy your coffee, it's it's okay. You, mm-hmm. you don't have to uh, have the confirmation. But um, I was wondering when I now go uh, to Zurich uh, in the Opera and have I want to to um, get a ticket uh, di- directly um, uh, at the evening and uh, want to pay 200 bucks for a one opera ticket. I think the, the, the seller want to at least one confirmation wait to, uh, to, to, to be uh, um, uh, uh, secure that they can hand out me the tickets. Yes. And uh, this can lead to um, yeah, some minutes waiting time, and I, I think this is not uh, feasible. So this is not um, yeah for for cinema tickets or everything less than uh, fifty bucks. Also, this uh, should be fine. Um, not to wait, I want to say. So yeah. you have this transaction in the meme pool, and you see it directly on your phone. And if the seller have, has the green check mark, and you have the green check mark. Everything is fine, but I think you have something in between. So, uh, um, yeah, from the two hundred bucks and yeah, and above. Huh? From the moment it's sent, um, yeah, th- these would be good questions for somebody like Paul. Actually, would be able to answer it very, very thoroughly. Yeah. But my understanding is, I don't know if you, binary. Do you know who Binary Fate is? Do you know Binary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, one one of the one of the core core devs. Uh, he had. I remember he had posted a few years ago, basically saying, um, you know, you can, you can pretty much trust a Monero transaction instantly. Um, and that'd be very difficult to, to double spend. I don't want to, you know, misplace his words or anything, but that's kind of what he was suggesting because he had a service where he was, you know, uh, had a lot of Monero going through it, um, it where you could basically instantly swap Bitcoin into Monero. And he always did it with, you know, zero confirmations. And he had some technical reasons, reasoning as to why uh, it's pretty secure, right? Obviously, if somebody's sending you thousands of dollars, yeah, wait, you know, two minutes, <laughs> wait, you know, a couple of minutes. But for, for most purposes, it would be pretty instantaneous. And, you know, the thing is, too, like in those instances, too, where it is, it's like, you know, who the like if you're doing a purchase online, right? Let's say you're buying something on a black, uh, dark market, right? Yeah, you're gonna uh, wait, right? There's no rush, right? You're gonna yes, exactly you're gonna spend thousands of dollars on some item on the dark market. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter if it takes 10 seconds or if you have to wait, you know, six minutes or even 10 minutes, right? You, all you care is that the payment was anonymously sent and was confirmed, right? Um, but you know, in the a real world instance, you're buying a coffee, you want it done as fast as possible. But also in that instance, you know, it's like, you know who that person is and they know who you are. 
So if there was some kind of double spend, it's like, it'd be like, you go back and be like, yo, what happened here? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So in those yeah. instances where you'd be worried about that, it's so, I mean, the scenario would be like, you show up at a Ferrari dealership and you buy a Ferrari and you know, the guy sells it to you and you know, he doesn't wait and you double spend like, but obviously anybody's yeah. wait for a Ferrari deal. So there's like really no scenario where I think it's, it matters given the, the yeah, I, 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 I thought about uh, do a double spend despite zero confirmations. Yes, I thought I thought about uh, um, a little bit more than the, the coffee uh, spending thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, you are right. Now I get you. And um, actually, uh, it's somehow you have to experience uh, experience uh, the thing. Yes, you um, when, when you do uh, did that uh, for um, if you sell twenty tickets on the opera and everything is fine or, mm -hmm. uh, instantly for everyone and you make this experience, then um, you can trust. Right. Uh, even if you don't have the technology uh, understanding uh, of Moneo. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. So um, what? yeah. What is, the, what is the Monero scene like where you're from? Um, or like... Culturally, I mean, would people where you're from be, be aligned with true digital cash versus something? Um, yeah, I think um, here in Switzerland, they uh, don't know about those Monero spaces very uh, hidden, I would say. I try to, uh, to um, bring some people together. But um, Switzerland itself is a very uh, cash cash-driven economy so they, right. they like actually they like uh, cash mm -hmm. but um, yeah we have this development as in every Europe uh, country as well that um, um, yeah, um, card uh, payment systems popping up so you can pay everywhere with your credit card if you want or just with your smartphone mm -hmm. and um, um, this is or a development against cash itself, yes, and um, this is it's coming with, with no words. But um, yeah, I think um, we have here in Switzerland, um, I think we could have more people interested in Monero uh, because they like cash here still uh, today. And we actually are all very open for uh, money things. Yes? So um, the, the whole history of Switzerland is be open for money. Of course. We have, um, and we have uh, uh, now um, the, the ticket um, machines where you can buy your tickets for the train on every station. You can buy Bitcoin. And this is the case today. So uh, we, we have an infrastructure even for uh, cryptocurrency we just have to um, put their Monero in, in a way. Yeah? But I have to figure out uh, how, we, uh, how we can do that and uh, who is the right. and, uh, you know, it, company it, again. Culturally, like, would, would the Swiss people want to be able to travel in a way where the government doesn't necessarily get instantly notified that they're the ones traveling and where they're traveling to, right? Because like, in, in a Bitcoin scenario... Potentially, you could very easily, uh, you know, know who, you know, whose Bitcoin it is, and then know that they're using it to travel. Yeah. Right? 
Uh, with Monero, it'd be more like a cash-like experience, which that's, you know, that's more liberty there, right? Liberty, liberty to, to freely move uh, without the government knowing your, your every movement. What would, what would culturally, what would be kind of the take uh, in, in, in Switzerland in that regard? Um, ah, and, and, uh, from the cultural perspective, you, yeah. you mean, yes. Um, you said, yeah, right? you said so, you could use Bitcoin now in the, in the transportation system, in the subway system. Would there be arguments yes. why Monero would be even better? Because now it's like, you know, you're putting, you're putting cash in, you're putting tokens in versus swiping your credit card. So, yeah, you, you're putting a, um, a fiat uh, money into that and then you get a, a paper wallet out of the ticket. And, mm -hmm. and now it, it's uh, with, with this tracing thing, it's uh, even worse. You, you should, <laughs> should more keep your fiat money, your, your, right. uh, your cash, uh, than uh, get uh, this Bitcoin. But um, actually, this, um, this, the culture here in Switzerland is uh, this way that uh, the, we, the Swiss people want not to be uh, bothered by the state. Yes? Yeah. And therefore, there is very federal um, environment here where we have cantons, so like states in, in uh, United uh, in America. And um, we have uh, not a main city or uh, something like that. So uh, actually, we don't uh, want that the state comes and uh, they how we want to uh, we should do the things and uh, we make it by our own and um, there are um, um, many differences here in europe so for example um, when it comes to taxes we make uh, taxes by our own yes and, uh, and then give it uh, uh, the, the state and, and for example in germany um, you you don't you are not aware of what you are paying on taxes. You, you just receive the, uh, the amount of money you earned and uh, the taxes are already uh, yeah, uh, uh, was taken away. Yes. And um, so this is a different scenario. So actually it's here in Switzerland's more, more free environment, but yeah, like every democratic uh, Western country, it's more free than others, but it's not not such a free uh, uh, country which was maybe uh, forty years ago or so. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was Obama who had said Bitcoin is like having a Swiss bank account in your pocket. Remember that when he when he said that? I mean, that was long. <laughs> that was six years ago. And the thing is, uh, he's wrong, right? That would be Monero. Uh, yeah. Interesting. He was saying it in, in a negative sense, like this is dangerous. You know, do we want everybody to have be able to have a Swiss bank? What what a Swiss bank was, right? I, I, Swiss banks really aren't exactly. what they used to be, right? No, 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 no. The, the, the Swiss um, bank really okay. exist anymore as as what it used to be, right? No, this is this is not uh, anymore the case. This was, that, therefore I saw uh, I said um, forty years ago that you could have uh, a bank account with only a number. And no one wanted uh, to uh, know you where you are and wherever you are from. Yes, this was uh, uh, some somehow the case in the past. Yeah, but it's not not anymore. And therefore, exactly that's why the, I think culturally the Swiss would be like Monero. It should be like the the official. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, yes, you are right. 
So, but I, now it's the case. So, um, um, Bitcoin is like a Swiss account uh, from today, but not from the past. Right, right. So, do you, do you think Monero is on track to be the Swiss bank account in everyone's pocket? What the Swiss bank account used to be? You know, is, is it is it going to serve that purpose successfully? You think, uh, you know, 10, 20 years from now, it's going to be become a haven for people to flee to so they can okay, this is, basically um, own wealth off offshore outside of the <laughs> easy capital if, of governments? Uh, if Monero can keep this high development uh, status, I would say yes. And uh, if this focus on the fungibility never uh, goes out, uh, goes down, then it um, can have this play. And um, for me, it's uh, like uh, the, the premium cryptocurrency of all. And, um, but um, who can, can uh, look into the future? Yes, the, the, like this, uh, the gap in the taproot thing, this ordinal thing, which now popping up uh, today, um, there can, some, somehow uh, something happened on the Monero blockchain as well, but um, I think the, the focus is something something else here. And um, the developer uh, did a very good job in, in the past. And if you can keep this technology uh, like we have it uh, today, then yes, this is this is actually cash, and it's better than cash. It's, it's, a, it's um, even better than we have with the fiat money cash system. Alex, this has been great, man. A any chance we can <laughs> get you to come over to Monerotopia in Mexico? Uh, Mexico, yeah. I, uh, well, I was uh, thinking about it, uh, if I can, uh, can do that. I don't know if I... Uh, Come on, Matt. Spread the word. I, bring some friends. Yes. Better. I, I, I'm i looking forward to... Uh, it be a good crowd. Yeah. In MoreoCon and Prague. Oh, yes. Yes. Because that will be in yeah. Europe. Oh, I'd love for you to come to Mexico, though, too. Yeah. Think about it. Have you ever been? Have you ever been to Mexico? No. Mexico, no. Okay. So, um, not America at all. So um, I went to Australia and um, Europe, of course. But uh, America, no. Okay. Until now, Mexico so it would be very good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You'd love it. You'd love it. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming. I don't like every. I I love Mexico. Mexico City is great. The district that we're doing it in, the Roma district of Mexico City, is very nice. Uh, it's it's gonna be a good scene. Listen, man. Is there uh, is there anything you want to put out there for the people that are listening? Any links? Places for Any, people to find you, anything you want to shill, get the word out about? Oh, no, it's just follow me on Twitter and uh, I will um, share links uh, about uh, what I discover in, in Monero. I took uh, a good deep dive, but I'm not uh, fully aware of everything, I would say. So, um, but um, yes, I think this is uh, our future and uh, uh, Monero, um, yeah, is. is the, the cash you you should use now, yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, I love it. It was great. You know, gonna, you know. Obviously, I love talking to BTC Maxis too. But it's nice talking to to somebody, uh, you know, once in a while who who agrees with you. <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we have a lot of that on the show, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so I'll I'll probably see you in MoneroCon then in in Prague, yes. right? It's going to be in Prague. In Prague, of course. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, in, in Mexico, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, dude, make it happen. Make it happen. Yeah. Uh, all right, Alex. Thank you so much. So, for those that are yeah. listening in, please request to. Now's the time to request to speak if you want to ask a question, and we're gonna make our way over to the spaces. Okay, guys. Alex, you here? You make it over? Yep. Let me just end the recording over here. Okay. Yep, I hear you. Uh, Lewis. Hey, what's, what's up, Lewis? Lewis? How are I you? Hear, I don't hear Alex. Uh, he's. I think he's just muted. Alex, see if you could see if you could talk. Ah, okay. I think. Yeah. I'm. Yes, I'm. Perfect. Hello, Alex. Uh, I heard you are from Switzerland. Yeah, exactly. I've been to, uh, I think, I've been to, to two Monero meetups in Zurich, and they, they are pretty neat. Ah, yeah. I, I um, researched uh, for some uh, meetups in, in Zurich for Monero, but somehow I uh, didn't get this. But um, yeah, uh, thanks for for the note. I. Uh, I would have uh, would uh, connect with the people if this is uh, possible. Yeah, sure. I think I think the first one was on October or November, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. And they told they told me that they stopped doing the meetups for the pandemic, like for a full two years. So they just uh, uh, started like like uh, two months ago. You know, like uh, a few months ago. Yeah, it would be great to have more uh, uh, people who uh, think like Monero. And uh, yes, of course, uh, Zurich is also a, a hub for cryptocurrency as well. And um, Zurich and Zug. And um, in Zug, you um, just um, uh, talk about the crypto web in Switzerland. That's where the, all the, the Ethereum uh, developers are. Uh, that what I would say. And yeah, thanks for the for the hint. Yeah, you should you should come. I saw I saw some pretty cool people there. I think there there, there was a guy that is working on atomic swaps. I think it's called Charlatan. I also saw a guy that is working on a, on paper wallets for Monero. He's trying to develop some paper wallets for Monero. He already mm -hmm. does some for Bitcoin called Mark. And yeah, it's like a, it's a good environment. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Dave, Always good to connect to people. Dave, I see that you're uh, requesting to speak. I, I'm accepting you, but for some reason it's it's not working. So I don't know what's going on with that. Sorry about that. Thank you, Lewis. Any any other uh, comments? No, I was I, I was just listening to your conversation about descriptions and. And everything, and to me, honestly, it feels like they should just accept it, right? I think it's uh, like you said, it's it's actually the perfect NFT environment, and I can actually see Bitcoin being valuable as such. Yeah, that <laughs> seems to be the trajectory they're on. Any, anybody have any comments on that? Bitcoin's recent realization that they're at their core just a large NFT system. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's I it's think... been very big news this week. Yeah, this is a, came suddenly, I would say, and 
we will have a, a, a great discussion in the next uh, uh, several weeks, I would say, about this. On the, on the surface, I believe people are complaining because it's bloated or because monkey JPEGs or whatever. But underneath the surface, the, really, the real reason why they're complaining is because it's like a sudden realization that it's not fungible, you know? So it's crazy. Yeah, but um, I, well, something which got uh, popping up in my mind is if you um, putting now on the blockchain of Bitcoin some uh, um, yeah, bad images, I want to say. And, uh, then from the legal perspective, it can, it can be that uh, in some uh, countries, the Bitcoin blockchain cannot be uh, used anymore. That's yes, because some images on there. And uh, this is not a link, uh, like on Ethereum to a, 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 picture, uh, to a picture. This is a, a picture which lives on the blockchain. And this is, um, yeah, I think, um, has some dangerous aspects here. Actually, that, that already happened before. Like, you can actually push data to the Bitcoin network even before the ordinal subscription. So some people were doing it with like fake multisigs. Instead of being signatures, it was actually blobs of data. And some researchers have already found like illegal pictures in the blockchain. But mm -hmm. I, th I think the illegal part will be not to actually host the blob of data in, in, in your computer, but have it like a... Like the person with the liability will be in this case... The exploder, right? If you are running an exploder and you're showing the NFTs, what? you will try to make sure you're not showing like illegal content. And the same thing actually happens with OpenSea, right? You can technically mint, uh, for example, porn in NFT, but yeah, yeah. you will not you will not see it on OpenSea, right? Because they are like filtering the front ends, basically. But yeah, actually, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, in the blockchain, you you cannot put it out. So uh, if you have linked. Uh, uh, pictures, uh, you can cut the link, yes. But um, when you are um, um, running a node and uh, you have this illegal uh, pictures on your node, then uh, I think that could be can be um, some um, yeah juristical uh, <laughs> um, things happen to you uh, which you don't want uh, and. Um, um, yeah, before before that uh, um, um, taproot gap, now um, it was possible uh, to to uh, uh, bring data on the blockchain on the uh, Bitcoin blockchain, uh, but this was only eighty bytes, as as far as I know. No, so, no, it, it, it isn't. It, it isn't true. Like eighty bytes was like the limit of, for all P return, but people already figure out like other creative ways of pushing data. Like I said, okay. like with fake multisigs, imagine you make a multisig oh. of one out of 10, whatever, right? But the 10 okay. signatures are actually not signatures, are like just uh, random bytes of data, right? So there's ways to push the limit, but, and there's okay. legal stuff there already, but nobody's trying to like, uh, if you build Explorer, that's the issue, right? If you try to actually decode them. Okay. Do you, okay. Guys, do you guys think this will, I mean, be the year of ordinals? Like it's going to take off? I, I I cannot say it, but uh, it's very interesting to see how the Bitcoin developer now handle this. Yes, so it's a the first um, 
calls for uh, censorship. Uh, the blockchain is coming out from from the developers, and yeah, we'll see. Um, I think there will be like like in the past two two uh, uh, wings. One think this is, uh, shouldn't be censored, and one think it uh, should should be. Uh, clean and only for uh, payment transactions. So. I changed the title of our room to try to attract some uh, BTC maxis. Let's let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> people want to tweet it out. Let's see if we get some some people in here. I think it will it will definitely take off. You can already see that, like the yeah. the, the the mayor, you know, like memetic energy there. It's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I maybe it can be for the good for the blockchain of Bitcoin, but maybe maybe not. We'll see. And therefore, um, it's more important to have a blockchain who cannot uh, co uh, compromise in such a way, uh, like uh, like the Bitcoin blockchain. Yeah. Also, I wrote something down about about this because I think they are actually very aligned with the Bitcoin ethos, right? Because yeah. it's actually it's a hack, so that's already good, right? They're trying like a hack around the system, so that's very cypherpunk. They they are not asking for permission, right? Uh, so everything like came together into a perfect storm because people are very um, like torn apart, right? Because they like the fact that nobody asked for permission and they still were able to do it right mm -hmm. and the fact that uh, it's like a it's it's breaking the rules but not really but it's perfectly valid and it's it's, it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> yeah as long as you can handle it uh, in a way then it's it's it can be fine yes but we'll see uh, how the development um, goes <laughs> uh, next the next days yes. But um, this was basically also the um, the main reason which the DAO hacker gave. Yes, um, he uh, was uh, convinced that he uh, wouldn't do something illegal. So code is law, and um, he just uh, um, um, bring the code uh, in this way. Um, he he profits from it, uh, but it was written in code and uh, was. Which is written in code is, is like law, yeah. but yeah, somehow I don't know if if this is uh, true or should be given like this in, in every case. I think it's very similar. It's, it's and, and actually, I think if that were to happen again, I don't think Vitaly will do the same thing, right? Because he received a lot of pushback from doing that, and I mm. think even Adam. Also, published something about censoring um, via minors, these kinds of transactions, and he received a lot of pushback, right? So, I, mm -hmm. I think it's yeah. very, it's very risky politically to actually censor these transactions just because they don't like them. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. the, the the argument is that it loads the chain, right? But yeah. it doesn't go beyond the limits. So, at the end of the day, it's the same as if the chain was full of transactions. So, how can you, as a node runner, can expect to blocks to be empty forever, right? You're supposed mm -hmm. to prepare for the fact that Bitcoin is going to be 
fully used, right? So it doesn't matter if it's fully used by transactions or it's fully used by a JPEG, you know? Yeah, sure. And uh, actually, it would secure the network. Yes? And um, the incentives for for uh, the node runners uh, is even more there because they have uh, finally uh, full blocks of transactions. Another, cle another clever thing they do is that the Taproot's spend script is not actually on the output. It's on the input side, right? So mm -hmm. it doesn't bloat the UTXO set which is something they care about, the, the size of the UTXO cell, right? So it's on the left side of the, of the transaction. And this oh, side, the, the, the SegWit, uh, uh, the witness script, it's supposed to be pruneable. So it's kind of like, how can, are you arguing that it's bloating, but at the same time you say that the witness is supposed to be pruneable. So it's like, a, it's just, it's perfect. Mwah. <laughs> yeah, then, uh, then it's uh, actually, uh, easy, I would say. What does this mean for Bitcoin SV? <laughs> Bitcoin SV. Uh, it's going to lose users. <laughs> Bitcoin SV, right? It's kind of like Bitcoin is, uh, is is moving in that direction, I feel like, in terms of use case. I mean, yeah, with limits, right? Because Bitcoin SV, I think they have like gigabyte blocks or whatever, something like that, which is completely unreasonable. But I think four megabytes is pretty reasonable and it's what is within the limits, so that's okay. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fascinating. So do, you, so do you think there's gonna kind of be like a, a block wars type event uh, where this issue is discussed or it's, just, you know, it's it's here to stay? Uh, I give you it, I give it, yeah. that? I give it like an 80% chance that it will stay because there's a lot of pushback, you know, against censoring. And also, mm -hmm. like I described, a lot of the things that it's happening with the with these ordinals are actually easy to prune. There's a lot of aspects that make it, uh, that you can argue why it should stay, right? Like the fact that it's on the left side, it's not on the U2XO, but in the input. The fact that it's a witness script, which is supposed to be prunable, right? So there's a lot of stuff why it should stay and why it isn't actually bloating. So there's arguments both sides, uh, but I think the ordinals are winning. Let me, I, I'm going to share a, a meme which actually perfectly describes this issue. Yeah, do this. Yeah, one second. Okay, let All me right. read it. One yeah, second. Go ahead. Okay, open this. NFTs on Bitcoin, that's the first thing, right? You, you laugh, then say NFT is bloat. Bitcoin is for transactions. That's the next step. Next step. The blockchain can be bloated. Everything is within the current agreed upon blockchain limits. The blockchain grows no faster than it should. Correct, right? <laughs> there you go. But due to SegWit witness data discount, it's becoming cheaper to create full blocks. Equals slow initial sync. That's against the argument, right? And then it says, but since original NFTs occupy the witness data, which is a prunable part of blocks, it means more inscriptions equals a more prunable chain. So it's less bloat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and since Assume Valley defaults keeps being moved forward by Bitcoin Core, it won't even slow down IBDs much. It will only increase security via more, more fees. And then the, the last one is, of mm -hmm. course, NFTs of Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do you think Bitcoin, I mean, we just kind of, you know, 
spent the section of the show talking about. But Lou, so then what do you see Bitcoin becoming, right? With with ordinals being a part of it. What what I think I think what does Bitcoin evolve into ultimately? Eventually embraces its nature as a as a non fungible token as you know, like there's no other way. It's all going it's already going through that direction with the KYC stuff, right? But now with this NFT stuff it's almost like how can you how can you even think about calling yourself private, right? So it's gonna it's gonna embrace its nature, but still I believe there's some value in having this perfectly traceable whatever everything, you know? So but it should embrace the nature and that will that will happen. Yeah, I really think it does make it more akin to something like like property, right? Where we know who, who owns it. Um, and it's it's publicly available for anybody to see, and you could easily recognize the provenance of it and uh, the title. That seems appears to be the yeah. direction we're headed in. Yeah, on multiple angles. I mean, you have the NFTs, you have the KYC stuff, you have the timestamps, you have the fact that all chains are using Bitcoin as a checkpoint. So it's almost like the value of Bitcoin is accruing towards being like a source of truth, right, for other systems. And that's it. That's where it's going in my mind. And then so what ultimately determines the value so that that acts as digital gold because then people are willing to safely store their their value in something where the whole world knows that they that they own it and how much they have. Probably, but I have some arguments against that because also in order, for example, for, in order for the gold market to function, right, you need supply on both sides you need like sellers and you need buyers but if the circulating supply of bitcoin it's always decreasing because people burn their coins because people lose their coins how can you argue that in the future there will be enough circulating bitcoin for correct price discovery to happen right so i don't even know if that's gonna like uh, how will it how will it affect the price i don't know that's very undetermined for me uh, and uh, the aspect that um, on this property it, it's, it's actually not such so good as gold as on gold you have not uh, written who was the owner uh, of this uh, gold uh, before that so um, yeah I don't know I don't know Exciting times, guys. Ordinals came out of nowhere. Nobody saw that one coming. Yeah, definitely. Any, but that, uh, no, but, no, wait, wait, wait. But that also comes with every cycle, right? Every cycle when there's like people are like, oh, this is going to die, whatever. Something always comes out of left field to like uh, pump it up again, right? So it's, it's almost basically like nature is healing. I don't know. Some, it happens on every time. Yeah, nature but... always finds a way. Not boring, I would say. <laughs> I think it's interesting. It really does start to to define Bitcoin for what it truly is, which is uh, an NFT at at its heart. And then it it allows Monero to become better defined as as digital as the digital cash alternative. It, I think it kind of starts to add some clarity. But obviously, there's going to be turmoil within the the Bitcoin community struggling to process that and you know, agree. Chill, let's go yeah. on. Chill, you want to jump jump up? 
the only thing that can still probably say Bitcoin is probably Lightning, right? If they manage to finally do Vault 12 or manage to finally do um, receiver privacy, but I don't see them do that um, shortly, you know? And Monero is getting adoption, so. Anybody else want to jump up and ask a question? We just finished up the interview with Alex. Nice. I have to uh, If nobody else, anybody else, request. Dave, I see you request, but for some reason it's it's not accepting every time I accept you. So I don't know what's going on there. You'd have to maybe leave and come back. Um, anybody else would like to speak? I have a question. Alex, Lewis, any, anything else you want to discuss? Otherwise, we'll we'll wrap this up. Casilla has a question, I think. Yeah, it's not she about. Does. It's okay, not that's about. Weird, I'm inviting her to speak. I am. I, I think I can hear her. I can hear her, but I think you can't, Douglas. Oh, really? Interesting. Wow. <laughs> Alex, can you invite her up? Am I actually uh, here? I'm up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's already up. Oh, okay. That's weird. Let me um, let me move over to the Monero talk one. You guys keep going. I can't. I, apparently, I can't hear you. Hmm. Yeah, we, we hear you, Casilda. That's crazy. Um, I wanted to ask Doug about um, actually not about the Bitcoin ordinals, but it's very interesting. Um, I saw Luke freaking out. <laughs> um, so I'm. I, I, w I was curious to learn what's happening. Like, what are they doing at the moment? The developers. If you want to see what's happening, just go to ordinals.com and they have like a blog explorer for all the NFTs they're minting. <laughs> and it's pretty fun just to see them coming and all the stuff they're uploading. Uh, I see. No, but uh, in, in regards like what is uh, the Bitcoin core doing? Because I know they were panicking. Currently nothing. I, I managed to, I went to the GitHub core and somebody submitted an issue, but, that, but then they say, you know what, this, is, this isn't actually a book. So I think it should first reach like a consensus on the social layer before actually submitting an issue to the code, right? Because somebody immediately opened up an, a, book, a book issue inside the GitHub repo, but they closed it down saying like, this is not a book. I, we, cannot, we cannot work on it because this is not a book. Hey guys, I can hear you now. I moved over to the Monero account. What's up, Chill? I wasn't able to hear you. Now I can. I. No worries. No, I was just I was just catching up. Um, I I actually have to go, but um, thank you so much for the coffee. And I wanted to ask about those eggs. Is that just one one vendor, or you guys are going nationwide with those eggs? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so right now we're just getting them from a farm here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Basically, we've added a way to, to buy a gift card with Monero anonymously for this Amish farm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and they'll, they'll ship it out um, nationwide. They have a lot of amazing products, including raw dairy, which is noted as being for only cats and dogs, but uh, I may have accidentally ate a lot of it and it tastes very, very good. <laughs> the, be the best, the best dairy I ever accidentally consumed.
because it's raw and illegal. Uh, so we, we added that them, and then we're trying to, in addition to that, start our own. Um, you know, we're hooking up with somebody else that that has eggs from the Monero community in Tennessee, and he right now has you know a bunch of chickens, and he sells eggs locally, and he's trying to ramp up his service. And that would just be like an egg subscription on its own where you could pay and eggs would get delivered to you. And, we, would, you know, that'd be like kind of a nationwide thing. Okay. Okay. I, I have to try because I didn't want to buy it. I was not, wasn't sure if they're going to ship it to Colorado. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to end up with a egg voucher. Uh, well, yeah, but when yeah. you go it, when you go to the, the site where, you know, the Amish thing, yeah, you could, you could see and it'll show you. It's, it's actually a nicely built site. It will inform okay. you whether or not they'll ship to you. I'll try yeah. it. Nice. Well, I gotta go, guys. But uh, yeah, it was nice catching up with All you. All right, chill. Thank you so much. I Take care, bye. Uh, we added Indigo. Dave, you've been added as well. Hey. What's going on, man? Yeah, no, I'm just trying to get my uh, head wrapped around ordinals right now and the implications of it and how it would affect Bitcoin. And one thing, like, I'm going to echo a lot and I agree with what you guys have said is that. You know, it's going to fill up the blocks. Um, miners will earn more fees, but it could also, you know, just increase on-chain fee uh, for everyday transactions. And so, sorry, excuse me. And so uh, that will also slow down uh, people's ability to use Lightning to be able to do, um, you know, subatomic swaps, going from layer one to layer two, opening and closing channels, managing channels, uh, and I'm thinking that it really puts Litecoin in a really good place because Litecoin has Mimble Wimble extension blocks. So, you know, Taproot would enable this. Litecoin also has Taproot. So it could be very much that Taproot ordinals could be done on Litecoin as well. But to be able to do everyday transactions, um, I think MWeb really does help with that because my understanding is that it also does 10 megabit blocks. It's basically a block size increase. And um, it adds fungibility. So that's kind of what I was thinking. I'm still trying to digest it uh, and the implications, but it's, I don't know. It could be pretty bad for Bitcoin. I can, I can help you with that. I can speak on that because I already asked that question in a Bitcoin uh, space. And it won't actually increase the fees that much because if you're trying to upload, let's say, a one megabyte picture right why would you try to pay i don't know like five sats per byte or 10 bytes or 10, 10 sats per byte you're going to just rely to a mempool with the lowest fee right which is one sat per byte because you're trying to upload a cheap ton of data so and you also don't have like a high time preference on on a fucking jpeg right so you're just gonna set the lowest rate and if some miner if some miner mines it so be it. If it's not, it's going to go to the back of the of the line, right? So I get in, that. Reality, um, in reality, sorry. like money transactions will just like maybe increase that by another byte, like two sats per byte, whatever. But it's not like JPEGs are going to be like outbidding money transactions because it's not profitable or it's not like doesn't make money sense for you to pay more for a JPEG than for a transaction. I don't know if that I explain myself. I, I could see that argument. Uh, to play devil's advocate, I would think about um, the cost that people were paying on Ethereum just to mint, uh, you know, NFTs. And 
I, I don't know the data off the top of my head, but if you could figure out the range, the median fee that people were paying, um, you could look at that as the being the base level right now, uh, currently for the on-chain transaction fee for what Bitcoin could reach at, which could be you know two dollars, three dollars, or it could be ten dollars, twenty dollars. I don't know. Um, so that's what I would look at as a data point uh, to kind of speculate. Um, and yeah, that's the issue, right? Sorry, yeah, yes. Yes. So, Lewis, you don't think it's going to drive up uh, transaction costs on Bitcoin? No, it will, but not as much as people think. That's what I'm trying to say, for example, because they're not going to be outbidding like a, 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 a double the amount of bytes, right? Every JPEG they're trying to upload, they will probably just send a bid with the smallest, smallest amount of money. I'll pay a fee. And... Sorry to interrupt. I'm, you know, but I'm just kind of very eager, but. Um, counter, like, I would say that if I could sell a JPEG for, I don't know, 11 million sats and it cost me, sure, uh, you know, 500,000 sats, I'll pay for that, uh, to get that through, to sell it to someone who would buy it. Um, so there is that speculation that, that, you know, that tulip type bubble that could happen with some NFTs that would cause yeah. those experiences and fees to I increase. Yeah, the thing is, uh, which I actually also <laughs> research, is that the inscription cost only happens once. When I'm trying to send you the NFT, it's only a normal transaction, right? So actually reselling, sending, or transferring to our user or whatever is just like a small buy transaction. The inscription only happens once because the inscription is, la is, is tied to the Satoshi ordinal, right? So as long as you're sending that UTXO around, is not moving the data per se, right? The data stay stay behind, and, and the inscription only happens once. So you don't need to pay extra money to, to sell it, right? Mm, so, good point. That's a good point. So, so Lewis, what? And, and thank you, Indigo, for, for jumping up here. But I just want to pick Lewis's brain a little bit. So, so what then do you see as being the effects of ordinals on Bitcoin, other than you know these fungibility things we're talking about? But in terms of the mechanisms and, and how Bitcoin works. So you, you don't really necessarily see fees going up. Um, what do you see as being the result if, you know, ordinals takes off and it becomes a large use case? I mean, fees will go up, but not as much as people think. That's what I, that's what I believe, because they will not, you know, outbid our transactions. But at the end of the day, it would, this will also be healthy for miners because they will have full blocks, right, for the time being. And... Uh, something I'm seeing that it's also interesting is that people are not only uploading, um, how do you say, JPEGs, they're actually uploading code. So there was somebody that uploaded like a snake game, another guy, another guy uploaded like a like a, a Tetris game, right? Some guy just like a few minutes ago uploaded a Explorer of Ordinals inside Ordinals. So it's like, a, like an app, right? And I imagine someone dude's probably going to upload the front end for Tornado Cash, right? So in a way, it's, it can also become like a repository for dApps instead of only JPEGs. It's going to get very much used in that way. It's, this is going to be entertaining here, guys. It's going to be entertaining to see. Litecoin, what's going on? Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm actually glad you're having this space because I, I read this. I was like on a car trip and read about this ordinals and it kind of got my mind spinning in a lot of different directions. I actually think what's interesting about this 
because you know a year ago we got some ability to do NFTs on Litecoin. We talked about you know the immutability of you know Bitcoin and Litecoin are both very long running, very secure networks, and the idea that these uh, NFTs are going to go somewhere permanently is, I think, a very different concept maybe than what Ethereum is doing, you know, and using IPFS. And I, I wonder if that space becomes more valuable because of the permanence of it, right? And the, like, I've, I've often thought, like, the ability to put things like, I don't know, the Constitution of the United States or whatever you want to put on there, right? Some historical events, um, things that you know this information is going to go there and never be changed, and it's going to be visible for essentially as long as Bitcoin's running. I think that's a very uh, different concept and might val- might be worth the added cost that people are going to pay, like you're saying. They might be willing to pay you know, 60 80 100 $200 to get something on because they feel it's that important. Yeah, I agree. I think there's gonna, there's going to be there's definitely value in that concept, um, and people are certainly going to start using it for those purposes. It's gonna be, there's going to be a market. Yeah, the there. other part is not just the cost of the transactions; it's the bloat of the blockchain. Uh, you know, it's the speed because when transactions get backed up, even if they're cheap, it can still take you. You know, we've seen instances where it's two to three weeks, right, to get a transaction through on. On Bitcoin, if you're not willing to pay a premium, that would be the other concern I'd have beyond the cost. Right. Could it ultimately kind of seize up the Bitcoin blockchain? And like Indigo was saying, could it could it make onboarding to light those lightning network effectively even less feasible than it's already been described as being? Yeah, I mean if you if you were to look at like um I don't know you may i don't know i don't know if it's even possible to say could there be a malicious attack you know where someone's like i'll just pay the lowest fee i'll put a bunch of crap in the blockchain and then it's going to just have to go through it's you know it's going to have to be mined at some point you know at the lowest fee i don't know how i don't know how cheap these things are at the very lowest fees but um and you do still have to even transferring these things you still have to pay a transact if we're just moving UTXOs around yeah, the data doesn't move, but you still have to make an on-chain transaction, right? I think even with lowest fee, somebody did a calculation because somebody was trolling and saying like, hey, I'm going to upload this three gigabyte movie to the blockchain, right? Right. And somebody said like, okay, you can upload it, but it will cost you $150,000, Yeah. right? So it's prohibitively expensive to run this kind of attack, really. So why are you going to spend that amount of money to upload three gigabytes of data? And also probably that's assuming you're going to get the cheapest fee doing that kind of stuff, right? Because everything is going to clog up if you try to upload three gigabytes. So it's, you're going to probably spend like half a million dollars to upload three gigabytes of data. So that's in itself the DOS protection. The cost, it's still costly. Yeah, I'm looking at some big ones right now. They're like 45, 40, 45 bucks at two at two sats a byte so technical uh, question yeah what happens when the memory uh, mempool uh is there a limit size to the mempool and is it like a memory overflow uh situation there all these, a, i'm there, just imagining no there is a these limit transactions can and they, they've hit that just limit sit there. 
I say there there is a limit, and they've hit the limit before, but um, it isn't really. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It isn't very full right now. It's like 20% of its usage now. It's when you get, you know, when you get down, when you're behind 50, 60, 70,000 transactions, that's generally when it gets to that point. So that I don't know. Another thing happening here, the, the reason I think ordinals will stay is because you can have a perfectly reasonable tab group script that needs that amount of data, right? For example, you have a one out of a 999,000, 999, sorry, uh, multi right? One of a thousand. And that script may take up like a megabyte, right? Uh, so that's a perfectly valid use case. So if you censor the JPEGs, you're also censoring these valid tab script programs, right? So it's like a hard rock you are between. The only thing they can really do or reasonably do is remove the set with discount. So they make it a little bit more expensive or just, yeah, that's, that's it. They can just only make it a little bit more expensive, but people are gonna continue to upload shit. It's free market, <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, 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 exactly. Anybody in the room that's uh, been studying this closely has good knowledge of Bitcoin's architecture. They can talk about how ordinals might affect things. Please jump on up. Request to speak. Well, if nobody's speaking, <laughs> I already see some people discussing Monero because of ordinals, right? Like. They're talking about, but hey, but how can we make sure they don't censor the JPEGs or whatever? And it's like, yeah, that's that's why you make it fungible. That's why Monero exists. So in a way, it sounds like a like a pipeline to Monero. Yeah, I think it's really making it obvious what Monero is versus what Bitcoin is. Yeah, multiple fronts. One is the censorship of transactions because if it can technically be censored, it will be censored in the future, right? So. You need to make a solution where it cannot be technically censored, which is Monero. Also, if you can upload JPEGs, people will upload JPEGs. So in Monero, you cannot do that. You can only set transactions. It's very minimal. It's it's, it's even this the, the it doesn't have the same amount of uh, scripting power that Bitcoin does, but precisely because it wants to only focus on sending money, right? So for all the maxes that only want to focus on the monetary aspects, there's Monero also, right? So just two fronts. Why ordinals bring you to Monero? I think that this could actually be a good time for Mimblewimble to be adopted onto Bitcoin, because I would also make the same assumption that ordinals would not be able to be taken place over there. It is technically a block size increase, but it does add fungibility too. So, you know, if you want to do your everyday on-chain transaction with Bitcoin, Mimblewimble is, you know, it's on Litecoin and it's working. Nah, man, they will not add any new feature. The only reason Ordinal works is because they hack around and managed to make use of what it was there, right? But now they're panicking because they, if they fork, the only thing they can do is remove features, which is See, even worse. Sorry, they just added Taproot, you know? Segwit was not that long ago. Um, and so, it, and, and MWeb is a soft fork as well. It's not a hard fork. So it, I think it is very possible for... You know, once if if ordinals becomes a problem, if the on-chain transaction fee becomes a problem, 
that, um, you know, it, it is something that should really be considered because otherwise, you know, there, I think, you know, blockchain is pointing towards liquid, which is, you know, as we all know, federated sidechain that they control. Um, the options are, are pretty limited otherwise for what's been actually, you know, running, um, not in testnet or anything that's out, that's being battle hardened. Number Wimble is doing it right now. Maybe, but don't, don't expect it anytime soon. I mean, Taproot took years to, to implement into Bitcoin. When Taproot was added, was something like this discussed in theory at all? Like alluded to at all? I know, tough question, but if anybody's, Lewis, I don't know how, how closely you followed no, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I told you that you can have a perfectly, a perfectly reasonable script, which is like a multi-seek of one of a thousand, right? Which is a big script in Taproot. So there's no difference between between a multi-sig of a thousand users and a JPEG, right? So you either censor one or censor the other. You you, you cannot censor. You need to censor both at the same time. No, no, I'm saying I'm saying when Taproot was discussed as to whether or not it should be added, was this considered? Um, I was not not maybe not the exact what ordinals has exactly become. It was kind of predicted that Taproot could lead to, you know, Bitcoin being used for for other use cases? Yeah, I, I think um, he goes by Brian Trolls. Most people know him as Shinobi. Um, oh yeah, that guy's also. Awesome. Uh, debatable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's really smart though. He's really smart uh, kid and or, or, you know, and he knows his shit, but you know, I, I think that he's missing a couple of points. Um, but uh, anyways, besides the point, uh, I remember him talking though about something like this back when I was trying to debate him about you know there being more than one currency and he's saying it's just Bitcoin, but um, it was mostly a, a, about scaling onto Lightning, you know, because you know even with before this, this has been a debate on how many on-chain transactions and how many people will be able to get onto or use Lightning. Um, <clears throat> so. He, he was alluding to something about multi-sigs and channel factories and uh, something how, you know, something like this could be done where you could daisy chain a bunch of stuff together. But I don't know if he fully understood or I mean, I barely do right now. And um, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but, uh, it, you know, I think we're kind of coming to the idea like, you know, this could really fill up the blockchain and uh, what, and now this part of the discussion is happening. Um, I'd actually like to hear what he has to say, but he blocked me. <laughs> He's a good guy. I like him. I like him. I don't know if you like the guy, but <laughs> he's just abrasive. He's abrasive, but he's a wealth of information. Uh, no, I, I overall, I'm surprised there's been kind of this freak out because th I think about it, I think I would love to see Litecoin blocks full, right? I think that's a really healthy sign. And if there's a fee market, then if people want to use it for pictures, then that's what the market wants, right? Like I said, so I, I just think it's it's overall it's a good thing I think for these blockchains to have more use cases, and I hope they just chill out with the censorship talk, you know? Yeah, permissionless network, Nicholas. What's going on, man? Well, I got to run, guys. You're, you're, on, you're on stage, Nicholas. Thank you, Lakefun. Appreciate yeah, it. Nicholas, you, you want to 
You want to say something? You're on speaker. <laughs> All right. I'm not sure if Nicholas realizes that he's been accepted to speak. Anybody else want to jump up here? Nicholas, if you can mute yourself, you're not going to speak. Anybody else? Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add? Indigo, Lewis, Alex, before we wrap I have up? A question. Yeah, I have a question for you, Douglas, since sure, you know man. more about Monero than me. Doesn't Monero also have like a TX data like uh, kind of things? Do you know how that works? Uh, the TX like extra field? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't think, technical enough to describe and in, in how it could potentially why are you suggesting it could be used to build ordinals on monero <laughs> no i mean ordinals per se cannot be uh, built because you will need to share the private key because it's, it's, it's you, not it will be impossible but i'm i'm i just mean like the bloat and data like has it been used for any use case or something this tx data and how big well, is it you know well, I could tell you, we personally misused the payment ID back in the day when we threw a Monero party, and we had people identifying uh, and e sending an email address along with their transaction. <laughs> by, by the payment ID. It's, it's forever, forever in the blockchain. It could be easily identified, actually. I wasn't very technical, and I didn't really care uh, at the time. I was just trying to use use the technology. Uh, to get the word out on our anonymous Monero party that we threw in New York City. And it was no. actually very effective for that purpose. But uh, it's pretty funny if you go back and, you know, you could you could figure out, you know, they're, they're encrypted. But, uh, you know, my understanding, not too hard to, you know, obviously not too hard to decrypt and see what the message was. Um, so it's, it's pretty funny. But no, uh, actually, I think they added encryption because of you, because... <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that those that field wasn't encrypted before at the beginning, so probably you did that. And yeah. you, say, you know what? We should probably encrypt this because <laughs> that's me just monkeying around. But that's that's technology, man. You have idiots like me using it too, so you never know. It's not. It's not. You know this. This is this is how these things work. Uh, it, will, it, they, it will be funny to accordingly to find out like which year was this. I, I, I can search it out for you and then send you a DM if, if you were the cause. What, what year was um, the, the event? Just a year. I think it was 2018, 2017. I'm not okay. sure. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll check when the encryption happened for the payment IDs. But <laughs> it would be pretty funny if it was because of you. Yeah, it was pretty funny, actually. And uh, we had, a, we had a, a high-profile crowd at that Monero party. People in Bitcoin, too. Some, some big names. It was after, I think it was after the coin... Coin Center used to have an event here in New York. It used to be like there used to be the seminal big Bitcoin event in New York. So we threw a Monero after party during it. It was like Bitcoin Week in New York City, and uh, so we we actually had a lot of Bitcoin OGs at the party too. It was very cool, and they all participated in this misuse of the Monero blockchain. Um, but as we know, Monero evolves, uh, and it evolves towards digital cash. So yeah, I've, you know, I've I've spoken to, to devs saying like things like, would, you know, would it ever make sense to add properly add a way to do messaging through Monero? And, you know, it's a pretty stern, uh, I think agreeable. No, like that's not, you know, 
that's not the purpose of Bitcoin. Bitcoin, all its design decisions are towards digital cash and making sure that there's as little that can be used uh, for purposes of, you know, differentiating transactions, right? You don't want any metadata at all. So, um, yeah, currently, I guess there are things that can be done with that transaction ID. But if anything, Monero would be looking to deprecate something like that if possible, I believe. Yeah, right. Hey, cool. Thank you. Hey guys, look, I finally made it. I even had to go to dinner. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, so, so my question isn't really relevant to the ordinals. It's more of a Monero community question. So like I'm a privacy and anonymity purist and I've found that like normies, they, they like the privacy, but they don't like the anonymity. Sorry, I'm struggling on that. <laughs> um, so I wanted to, I wanted to reach out to y'all and see how you feel about that because like I want to be able to do whatever I want to do and avoid taxes and avoid scrutiny from both government and and private stuff. But and at the same time, I want my government on a public ledger so that I can see everything they're doing. But I know that because the tool is here to help me do what I want to do, they can use that to do what they do. Their black their black wars and their the cocaine in the streets type stuff, you know? So I want to know how does, how do you guys feel about that privacy versus anonymity? So wait, let me just understand. So you personally, you're saying you just like the privacy aspects and you know, I like both, but I've okay. been talking to a bunch of normies lately yeah. and, and, and it seems to be a consensus that, 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 you know, there's people selling people out there and they're, they're able to do it anonymously right anonymous. yeah and, i mean it, it, it comes down i think it comes down to cash you know if you if you think there's if there's a positive social value for true digital cash right and to be true digital cash i think it needs to have the uh, anonymity built into it as well not just not be pseudonymous anonymity also plays into privacy right it it allows Anonymity gives you more privacy. I know, like people say, no, they're two different. Obviously, they're two different things, but but they're they're certainly related. Uh, they both give you more security. And doing things anonymously, if I can go on online without revealing who I am, without revealing my ID, but interact online, uh, I'm maintaining my privacy through doing that. So they're related, but I think ultimately it comes down to. Do you believe something like a true digital cash utility is, will have will add more positivity to the world than negativity? Is really is really what the question comes down to. And I most certainly uh, fall on the side of believing free and open, uncensored transactions will will lead to uh, better outcomes, allowing people to essentially have more liberty. And I think more than ever, we need this liberty to be maintained as we transition into the, a digital age uh, where we're doing everything digitally. And then there essentially becomes no way to, to, to practice your own uh, individual liberty uh, because you're, you're tracked and traced in, in, in every way. And so something like a Monero that allows you, in essence, to communicate peer-to-peer -peer anonymously 
is is essential to maintaining our liberty in the digital age is is kind of my my standard take okay and then the way, sorry the way i approach it because just to answer your first question the way i approach it is i always tell people that if you don't have these kind of tools we will end up like china right and you can ask them directly like would you be willing to live in a system like china where the government knows all your money like where do you spend it and when do you spend it and if you can spend it or not what, right because that's the direction we're going if we don't have these tools right so that's one way of um explaining the subject another way i do it is if you basically apply the same principle but for other things right because like you say normies usually say no i don't want people to use money privately because they can use it to do crime right so you can also ask them like would you be willing for the government to i don't know install a keylogger in all your computers in all your cell phones everywhere so we can all be safe so people don't commit crimes or, or coordinate over the phone or whatever or the computer and also you can ask would you be willing for the government to mandate like gps on everyone on every car so the government always knows where we are so we are safe right so that way you can choose you you, you can you can tell the people there's always a trade-off right between privacy and and, and security and if you want to be completely safe you will have absolutely no privacy but you need to you need to risk it <laughs> that's it unless you want to live in china i mean yeah, that's really what it comes down to you know i mean i could go even more extreme right it's like we, do you want the government to be able to you know uh read people's minds to anticipate crime before it happens <laughs> you know if, if the technology exists because at the end of the day there's effectively no difference between those two things uh, and what it comes down to is allowing people to maintain their individuality. Uh, it's saying, do we do we want a world where people essentially give up their individuality for for the greater for the greater whole, um, or or you know, do we want a world where people are allowed to maintain their individuality versus the system? And exactly. ultimately, I believe uh, we're no longer human. If we're no longer allowing people to do that, we've, we've become something else at that point. I'm not saying we won't exist. Maybe we'll maybe we'll strive. Maybe we'll be more effective in, in some ways, better than ever before. But we'll no longer be human at that point. Just cuddle. So part two of that was was about the government, right? Because like the whole the whole blockchain movement was to to have a public ledger so that we can hold the powers to be that account like where are you spending your money how are you taking taxes and so that was the whole benefit to the public ledger how do we how do we force them onto a public ledger and stop them from using our tool of the private ledger you can the answer is you can and you cannot even do it today with the available tools right if the government wants to stay private they will do it through cash through cocaine like the cia does whatever you know there's always ways so you cannot really force the government other than be a loss and hoping they respect those laws. So you cannot do that to other parties. The only thing you can do is protect yourself. And that's it. That's, it. that's the most you can ask for.
Great questions, man. Great questions. Greatly appreciate you jumping in here. Glad, glad you waited the, the, the three hours or so. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, hey, we got Body. Hold on a sec. Let's get Body up here. Body, what's going on, man? Well, obviously, you know, try not to be confrontational when you're talking with normies and just ask them questions, try and understand what they think about the world. Um, and then as you have some level of comfort, I start asking them questions like, well, can you think of any time that maybe our own government, our own United States government, if you're in the U.S. or maybe if you're from someone else, you can use a more uh, relevant example. But you can ask them things like, well, have you ever seen the government make a decision which um, may have been actually bad for the people that might have been unjust. Um, has the government ever um, created unjust laws? And it's, you know, I mean, it's a really simple question, um, but it's really easy, I think, for a lot of Mormons to forget that our governments very recently <laughs> have done some pretty bad things. It was less than a century ago that they mandated segregation. Um, there's just been, I mean, and then they release all these files and stuff that, I mean, we know about that. So you can't like go off and be like, well, you know, Operation Northwoods and, and Ruby Ridge, right? You can't go off like that. But um, but you just got to ask some questions like, okay, do you think it's possible that the government could do things that are that are not good? Nowadays, after the whole thing that happened the past few years, it's <laughs> it seems like there are clear lines drawn. There's maybe like a third of the population that's just, they're going to believe and obey no matter what seems like there's a third of us that are actively ready to disobey. And then there's a third in the middle that's just kind of wishy-washy. So it's that third in the middle that we're going after. And, uh, and you can only do it by helping them like, see it themselves. you got to ask those relevant questions, and you have to be genuinely interested in their responses. Great comments, man, as always. And, you know, crypto really is helping open people's eyes and you know because it's it's people invest and they make money and you know as much as the number go up thing i think is gotten out of gotten out of hand in bitcoin and maybe will could potentially be its demise uh because design decisions start to be towards that goal it's also what's allowed this movement to grow so drastically uh, people coming in for for the money and then you know finding the liberty along the way obviously some, some came in for the liberty as well initially those that started this but you know there's these waves of people that are coming in just for the money but discovering the liberty narrative as they go and realizing how important that is anybody else want to jump up Body, what do you what do you think about this whole ordinals thing? Have you have you uh, digested it? What's your what's your take? If so, um, yeah, I kind of jumped in late here on the conversation, so I'm not sure how much of the technical stuff you guys have covered. Um, personally, I find it hilarious. <laughs> like they've kind of arbitrarily divided up Satoshi's with some kind of um, first in, first out, or maybe it's first in, last out. I think it's first in, first out. And so they like try and figure out, okay, well, which Satoshi is the first Satoshi of the block? And and then they put that all in the witness data. So segregated witness was where they they removed the scripting functions outside of the actual UTXO database. Um, and that, that keeps your database more lean. So when they implemented Taproot, they opened up the door to have, technically you could hypothetically have transactions, a single transaction that takes up the entire block. 
Um, so I don't know. I just I just find it hilarious. I don't know if y'all saw. Um, I can't remember who it was, but they were like looking for ways to add more JPEGs to Bitcoin. <laughs> and it's uh, I mean I don't know. I guess uh, I, I'm, I'm I got my popcorn. I'm watching this thing with popcorn. Um, I'm, I'm I'm seeing the maxis like. If you if you say that there's NFTs, if you're like, oh, these ordinals are NFTs and they're uploading uh, JPEGs and whatnot, they'll be like, no, no, it's actually it's in the witness data and it's it's technically not an NFT, it's an artifact, an artifact. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll like go through all these gymnastics, like, bro, like, are you just gonna redefine language? Is is that your primary debate mechanism? It's an NFT. Like, come on. Uh, so it, I don't know. That's it, my rant. It, it, it is very entertaining, and uh, people are going to use it the way they're going to use it. So what do you see as being the effect? I don't want to rehash all this, but I'm curious of your take. I mean, do you think it's going to lead to higher transactions? Lewis had a point as as to why it may not to lead to extremely high transactions necessarily over overnight. Um, but yeah, do you think transaction fees will, will go up? And what do you think will be kind of the, the effect on Bitcoin if Ordinals does take off in usage, which I, I think it will personally, unless they figure out how to way to deprecate it, which obviously I don't think we think that's going to happen either. It'll probably have a positive effect on the market cap on um, usage and investment. Um, perhaps it could divide the community some. I have maximalish friends that are, you know, they, they played with the rare Pepe's back in the day and they're happy there's NFTs and they say, oh, well, this is going to solve the chain security problem because people will be using NFTs. And maybe they're right. Maybe there's something to that. Um, honestly, I don't really have any, <clears throat> I don't have any strong opinions on how this turns out, where this goes. It seems like Blockstream and the people leading the dev in Bitcoin are not too happy about this. But I don't see how they have any other way than to accept it. Because what are they going to do? Just remove TapScript? Um, that that seems like they need Taproot to do a lot of the Lightning stuff that they want. Um, so I think they're kind of stuck with it. They maybe they can work with the miners to try and keep the transaction counts down. Um, we'll have to see how it all plays out when the when the bull market comes, or if if the new bull market comes here in a couple of years. Um, I mean, every bull market we've had since 2017 has caused 10 to $50 transaction fees. Um, so maybe that happens again. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll, if, for now, it's a bear market, so it's no big deal. Um, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, and, and ordinals will definitely be a part of the bull market. <laughs> when, it, when it does come, it's going to be one of the narratives for sure. Uh, like Lewis says, it's it's interesting. There's always something new that's that's kind of invented with each new new cycle. Uh, it's interesting. It's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to watch. And I, what's your take, Body, on uh, what it means for Monero? I mean, obviously, we're saying you know we think it it helps just kind of better define the two projects. Yeah, hundred percent. That was definitely one of the first things I thought as well. That this is something. This is a problem we don't have in Monero. It's actually fungible. Um, you're, there's, as far as I know, there's no real way to include data in the Monero blockchain. It just functions as money. Um, that's a really good thing about not having scripts in the blockchain. You just completely avoid these problems. One thing I, one thing I kind of forgot, it's funny because I was reading this article that talked about how they didn't call it NFTs. They kind of called it NFTs, but they're like, yeah, but they're fungible. They're like fungible NFTs. <laughs> it's like, oh God. <laughs> Sorry, um, I, I have what you said about the lanes to me makes perfect sense. Like I see 
for example, Ethereum will become the distributed computer, which we already agree, right? Bitcoin will become distributed truth, and Monero will become distributed money, right? So everybody will have their own lane, and that's okay. And everyone has like a value for whatever value they provide. I like that. Buddy, <laughs> uh, what, what's your response to that? Uh, oh, I think I was trying to hit the heart. I might have hit the crying button. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Lewis, you, you had mentioned earlier about how how the Chinese are, are in the surveillance. You know, it's crazy because, like, here in the U.S., we've had the credit reporting system since the '80s. Um, and, and I know here in Nashville, they started with these facial recognition cameras to watch the river for the wildlife thing, but then they caught so many people that the police just threw them everywhere. And now they're putting license plate scanners. They record everything we do. They record our location everywhere we go. Cause you know, they backdoor everything. Like how do, how do we, how do we, we're already at China. Who knows who's worth us or China, but how do we opt out? I mean, it's the not thing, the same. thing with Sorry. America is, is people opt in to the surveillance. But go ahead, Lewis. Yeah, no, it's not the same. In China, you have surveillance communism. And in the U.S., you have surveillance capitalism. So both are bad, right? But I think surveillance capitalism, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, is kind of better because you can outcompete them in a way, right? So, for example, like companies uh, can create tools against that stuff, and you know, also there's also the incentives uh, that, that for companies to not do this in the future. For example, Ring or whatever. People like uh, consumers hear that Ring is sharing the data with the police. Now they have to like search for an alternative that doesn't do that, right? That kind but, of stuff. What, so, what, what about these? What about these uh, facial recognition cams and and and? license plate cams that they're putting everywhere because that's the government yeah yeah and, yeah. and but, but, you know we were born not, into this we didn't not really it. it's, it's a public private partnership right there's a company that the government is hiring to do this stuff right so you can always if you work within your political system locally or whatever you can always allow that kind of stuff like they did in san francisco i believe or other cities but you, that could never happen in china right because it's, it's top down at least in the u.s is bottom up and you also have this separation between state and, and capitalism doing the dirty work, but still you can you, you can work around it in a way like via legislation, via, via your vote at the end of the day also. Very good points. Tivro, what's going on, man? Oh, hello there. Hello there. I'm just listening for now. I, I just wanted to say uh, you have a really amazing uh, title there. Ordinals make BTC perfectly non-fungible. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we were trying to get some attention here. So, you know, we, you know, what, what, what do you think what, about that? You know, um, uh, I'm, I was interested to hear um, Monegro's explanation because um, technically I'm new, I'm new to how ordinals work, but you know, what interests me in general is um, I'm still, you know, in the, uh, when it comes to NFTs, I'm still in the camp of you know uh, of people who say, why can't I just uh, right right click and save s, you know? And uh, I ask so many people who are ex excited about NFTs to explain to me where the you know where the 
like i really don't get it you know like what excites people so much in nfts does anyone here you know uh know a good way to explain it i mean i understand um the collectible aspect of it you know but i still don't get it like how how do you actually own it right like what what is the what is the ownership there because you like i said you know the the simplistic reaction i have to that is just why can't i save it so yeah, yeah I mean, me, me personally uh, I, I think you're, you know in a in a world where there's only one chain like a bitcoin and all nfts are on it i do think it you know there's a use case there and it starts to make sense and it's basically it's a way to to title digital items granted you could go copy and right click and paste but you know you could prove who owns the original very easily in this world where you know there's multiple chains and you can own you know the mona lisa on ethereum but also on solana and also on bitcoin it doesn't make sense but uh who knows if with ordinals when they when they when they take over maybe maybe it will start to make sense yeah yeah there's there's multiple aspects what you said douglas was perfect which is basically like proving ownership over something like you have the first this is the first time somebody signed this picture right with a cryptographic uh, key so this is probably he is the owner or he's the first one to create it right and it was at this time at this moment this year right so it, that's the value from that aspect but there's also i think there's a, like a like a meme value like for example have you ever sent like me via WhatsApp or via Signal or whatever? And you're just like exchanging idea via pictures, right? And this is just a medium. Crypto, the blockchain is just another medium to exchange memes in a way. So I don't know. That's another aspect of it. One thing that, um, that I've kind of had to accept with these NFTs uh, was kind of an argument that I used for um, – just like trying to support blockchain and, and why it's a reasonable thing. And that is money is a social construct. And so if a bunch of people get together and they say, hey, we're going to value this thing, uh, sure, it might be an abstraction, but ultimately it's that group of people valuing something as a social construct and then it works. It's almost axiomatic. It's true because we say it's true. And so, uh, you know, you can turn around and use that with NFTs and you can kind of lay out all the reasons why it's maybe a bit silly and it's like, well, your art isn't actually stored on the blockchain, which I think is interesting in Bitcoin's case here because you're actually they actually are storing that art on the blockchain. It's not just a pointer to some other website. It's not just a signature. Um, so I think that's maybe um, that's probably a, a point you'll hear maximalists make that that could actually be a good point. You're actually are storing are storing the art there. Uh, but yeah, just the fact that it's a social construct and so many people agree to it, it's like all right, I guess it does have some kind of value then. Yeah, and Bitcoin is already now NFT. Right, it's the same axiomatic argument. It's like it only has value because we say it has value, and this is one of this is one of one million of twenty-one million, and this is yours. So, so what happens when uh, somebody posts instructions on how to build an, an atomic weapon on, on the Bitcoin blockchain as an ordinal? Then what happens? Nothing All those become armaments experts. Someone put, oh, sorry, sorry, Monegro. I just wanted to say, didn't it already happen that someone put some uh, illegal content once on the Bitcoin chain? I think something like that already happened, but I should yeah. look. Uh... Yeah, there are, there, are, there are early cases of 
kind of bits and bobs of child porn being put on. But I think the difference between this and that is you needed some sort of tool to decode that. Now you can put it on as a JPEG, so it's going to be quite clear to view, and that's probably the biggest threat of what's going on, probably the biggest concern right now. But I mean, at least somebody signed it, right? So if Bitcoin is super KYC to the cahoots, you can always trace it back to like where does the funds come from and who is the owner of this JPEG, right? So you may be risking a lot to upload that stuff. But it's always there, right? What's the or there would have to be a tra chain reversal, right? I mean, how would you effectively if it's something reorg. that the state needed to move, right? They'd have to reorg. Be crazy. Or you could you could enforce like pruning on it, like the default behavior of a node to basically prune witness data. It means you still yeah. download it and validate it, but then you chuck it away. Which is a behavior. Yeah, maybe there's like wallet. Sorry. Maybe there's like wallet implementations um, that when you sync the chain, that it, um, I don't know, like they've identified the bad content and you just remove it. Because yeah, I mean, like that is a that's a big problem. It's a huge problem on an immutable immutable ledger to have some of this terrible content. It's like that there, there needs to be some way of getting rid of that. Um, which is also kind of like an interesting aspect of putting all this in the witness data like Bitcoin has done because you don't need that witness data to sync the chain um, or at least to, to maintain your node. So you can discard that stuff uh, and particularly you could discard the stuff that's bad. Uh, so it seems like they might have a workaround there, but it is nice with Monero. That's just not a problem for us. Guys, this is uh, this has been fascinating. This Alex, thank you so much for doing the interview, um, and uh, I'm, I'm happy that it, it led to ordinals. It's something you know very timely. We wanted to talk about. I think we had an amazing discussion here, um, Lewis. Man, thank you, man, for for providing all the information you provided today and your questions. Body as always, Tivra. Thanks for jumping up here, man. Is there anything else you want to say? I know you just kind of jumped up here. Anything else, Tivra? You want to bring up? Oh, no, not right now. Thank you. This was uh, really interesting. Awesome, man. Dave, thanks for, for uh, eventually making your way up here, Nicholas. Guys, uh, it was, it's been a long one. Uh, this started off as an interview with Alex. You can listen to the recording if you didn't hear it. Uh, I'll just take a, a moment to mention Monerotopia since there's a bunch of people in the room. We're doing a Monero conference in Mexico City. Uh, in May, basically starting on Cinco de Mayo. That's when the welcome party will be, and it'll be two days thereafter of uh, Monero all day and then pri other privacy projects on the second day. Uh, super open and accessible. Tickets are just $99. Uh, if you're a local to Mexico, tickets are just $25, and the idea is to just get as many people that are interested in the concept of, of building a true digital cash utility to kind of get us all together talking uh, in person. So uh, Monerotopia.com, just putting it out there for anybody that might be interested in attending, or if you want to participate in some other way, you can email us, Monerotopia at ProtonMail. If you want to uh, you know, be a vendor or speaker or whatever, you have some, some crazy idea and you want to participate, hit, hit us up, Monerotopia at ProtonMail. All right, guys, thank you so much. We're going to wrap this up. This is one of our, our, our I think, our might have been our best post uh, Monero talk interview Q&A because it kind of it led to some great conversation. Thank you so much, guys. Greatly appreciate everybody's time. Cheers. Hi, Monero Land. 
Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to Live for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to being back next week.